Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today. Up ahead this hour, we'll take it over to Shirley with a new episode of Jukebox Republic. But first off, today, we're going to start with Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, June the 1st. I'm John Van Trieste and joining me here in the studio on this very first day of June, it's Shirley Lin. Hello. Up next, we're going to be hearing about uh, a way to stop people from stealing your umbrella, then an increase in vaping here in Taiwan, and Taiwan's possible step towards stopping COVID-19. All that coming up next. Please stay tuned. Right. Well, first of all, Shirley, tell us how we can stop people from stealing our umbrellas. Now, this is a very topical issue in Taiwan because we have had a lot of rain. This is the time of year that in Taiwan we call the plum rain season, and it's a, just a period of wet weather that begins the summer. Right. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of rain, and yes, we're talking we about real downpours. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't had to take out my rain boots in a while, but... Uh, I've had to bring them out lately because I couldn't walk in any other kind of shoes, Yikes. you know. You know, when you cross in the street, the water is like flowing. It's like a, a river, uh, literally. So, but anyway, there was this college student, and he actually asked a question on PTT, which is a popular college student kind of chat platform. Yeah. And um, basically what happened was that uh, it, it was a downpour. And he said something like, you know, but I still held an umbrella and, and like had an umbrella to go to class. Mm -hmm. See, the reason why I put it that way is that actually the downpour is so hard that even an umbrella... Doesn't make much difference. Yeah, it doesn't, exactly. You know, it doesn't make much difference. You're probably the bottom half of your body is all soaked in water and everything. The shoes are wet. Yeah, the shoes are wet and your pants are <clears throat> soaked through and everything. And, you know, so... and But anyway... He went through two classes. Well, he left his umbrella outside the classroom. Mistake number one. <laughs> there's, a, through... there's usually an umbrella stand rack. or rack. Yeah. And this is true outside of a lot of supermarkets, convenience stores, and other places where they don't want you dripping everywhere. Right. But I think outside classrooms, though, there are no umbrella racks. You just kind of leave them on the floor. Okay. You know? Yeah, I've seen that before, too. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, it's just like all umbrellas it's and everything. It's impossible to tell who's who's. Who's who's, There's exactly. a pile of them. Right, if they all look similar. So he came out from the two classes, and his umbrella was gone. Mm. It was just gone. Well, and this was his third time losing an umbrella in his whole college life. Yeah, well, which is not which too is bad. Actually, <laughs> okay. Uh, mine was always missing. My son went through. Oh gosh, in one semester, he went through. He lost ten umbrellas. And this can be because you leave them somewhere, but also oh, yeah. like they either. Are deliberately taken by some maybe unscrupulous well, classmates, or a lot of people because um, they a lot of umbrellas, I should say, look so similar yeah. that it's easy to mix mix them up and end up exactly. with someone else's by accident. And yeah, because you usually you know you can just get them from convenience stores and they all look right. the same. And they're not, but they're not cheap. I mean, if you buy now you buy they're like, not cheap. If you buy yeah. them like ten, uh, you know, per semester, some of the nicer ones 
the, oh, fa- yeah. the ones that are built to last a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not talking about the cheap ones that break after the first use. Oh, really? Um, yeah, those can those can add up in terms of how much it's going to cost you. But uh, well, that's the reason why because they're so cheap, they break on you, so you're constantly buying. So then my mentality told me that well, then I'm going to buy a nicer umbrella so they right. last longer. And but then, but then you lose them or something. <laughs> I always keep mine on my me at all times. My heart breaks when I spend so much money on a nice umbrella and it's gone. You know, someone stole right. it or something. Well, I, anyway, I always keep mine on me. I have a special umbrella holder on my backpack, and well, it hey. just doesn't leave there. Well, that's that's one trick, I guess. Because so he started this discussion, like you know, hey, how does everybody avoid your umbrella being stolen? Well, first of all, some people, ex- you know, kind of share the experience. There was someone who's saying that um, he got like these big umbrellas from convenience stores. And and um, the thing is that, you know, you know, when you were going to a place that everybody leave the umbrellas outside and there there's so many of them that look the same as yours. Right. Then he comes out and then he realized that his newer, you know, same style umbrella is gone and left with the ones that are like, Broken. <laughs> Broken or dirtied and, oh, you know, yeah. soiled. Yeah, that that makes you really mad, you know, know, when something like that happens. You know, you know that someone kind of got a better of it and that's like, oh, I'll just take this nicer one and nobody's going to see it. Yeah, right. Nobody's going to notice, <laughs> you know. I'm not and, sure it's always deliberate like that, though. You know? Oh, I don't know. And he said that um, uh, there were others who said that they would put something on the umbrella to recognize that it's theirs. Like um, one of those like hair bands wrap around. Right. But I don't see how it won't be stolen because of a hairband around it. Yeah. Or a little sachet. Hard to it. notice. Right. Too. Yeah. So that by the time you've taken it home and realized, I mean, it's. Uh-huh. Somebody else was suggesting, um, though this kind of sticker does not exist, but made to look like a police badge and leave it on your umbrella. Yeah, but if they don't exist, that's a very <laughs> highly hypothetical thing. No, in but a if you're perfect trying... world in which such a thing did exist. Well, I mean... but the thing is that if you're trying to steal in one second and you see something that looks like, ooh, you know, it's a no-no, I guess you just won't. I don't know. If it's something looking very mm. authoritative, you know. Now, the, the solution that they have a lot of times in Japan, which I think I, I've seen occasionally in Taiwan, is to have these racks that lock and you take the key with you. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Oh. But the we umbrellas... Have those in Taiwan? I'm not we sure. We have them outside some, like, museums and things. Yeah. But they're not as common here. Right. And um, that only works if your umbrella is of certain dimensions. It has to fit inside the... But it's sort of like an umbrella handcuff, and it keeps it in place. And if it's... So that... Yeah. And if it's got a curve, you know, for the, for the handle part, yeah, so then it locks better. Work. But, um, hmm. Well, anyway, um, somebody else was saying, get those cheap, you know, um, they say cheap, like transparent ones, but mm-hmm. people can still steal those. And then, or those with cartoon, with cartoon designs on it. Why is that? <laughs> because then it's so embarrassing to hold an umbrella with cartoon designs that nobody would want to steal it. I think it. lots of people have cartoon designs on their umbrellas. That's not unusual. Yeah, I haven't seen those. I mean, actually, I've actually collected some cartoon umbrellas myself. Yeah? From, from the ones that they have at the convenience store where you, if you if you have enough, um, you you buy enough, and they, for every so much you spend, they give you one of those stickers. Yes. And then they give you a sticker book, and you fill it up, and they give you a cartoon umbrella. So oh. I, I don't think it's that embarrassing. Well, you know, John, I know that I will never steal a cartoon umbrella from you. <laughs> well, I don't have one now, but <laughs> they don't tend to last one. very long. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, anyway. the best solution, I just, just still think, is carry it with you. I've got mine here right now. Yeah. Well, um, the other thing is um, most people were saying that, you know, how they give you those um, plastic bags for umbrellas. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they, keep them. They don't uh, throw they, them away. Well, that's what they're saying. They give them to you at con- at uh, not convenience stores. That's mostly you have to be going to I would say like a shopping uh, mall or yes. some sort of thing because they don't want you dripping everywhere. We have them here at radio station too. We do. I've never yeah, been we, given yeah, one. Yeah, outside. Yeah, outside the front door. I've never. I'm been sure offered we one do. Before. Oh no, maybe we used to. Yeah. Maybe, well, I haven't noticed. Okay. I'm not important enough <laughs> to be you know, offered one of their special guests, bags. Yeah. Well, we do have guests here, you know, for interviews and things like that. So I think they provided those okay. before. Yeah. They're, anyway. not, they're definitely not providing me with them. Yes, anyway. So. Um, yeah. Just carry a plastic bag and your umbrella with you at all times and you're set to go. I don't see. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the solution I've had to come up with over the years. Some good news from Taiwan and from the UK as well. This seems to be a joint effort. Uh, This is some work by a group of researchers based both in Taiwan and the UK that have found a key antibody against COVID-19 that could be used. They're not they don't really quite know yet, but it has promise um, to develop a medication for COVID-19. This is according to a professor at Chungong University, which I think is in Tainan, in the south Mm -hmm. of Taiwan. Uh, basically, the antibody can prevent the virus from entering human cells, and uh, so far they haven't done clinical trials yet, so still early days, but it's shown promising results in human testing and in those human cell testing, I mean. Oh, uh, human, okay. In those human cell tests, it's had a 90 to 98% efficacy rate. Wow. So that's pretty good. This is according to uh, Shi Xinru, who's the director of the Research Center for Emerging Viral Infections at the university. And uh, sure, kind of got a bit technical, but explained that for the virus to infect the body, it has to integrate with a protein that's attached to the surface of human cells. The antibody can stop that from happening, the integration, and so it can't get in. Oh. Basically, it can it's stuck on the outside, it looks like. Right. Um, and this antibody was isolated from a COVID-19 patient, actually. So oh. I guess they extracted it from someone. Um they wow. now, scary to think about, but they do apparently have regional variations of the virus. I'm not sure if that's the same as mutation, but... Uh, yeah, I know. That sounds terrible. But they've tested it against a variety of these uh, regional variants, uh, in ones in China, found in China, the U.S., Europe, and Egypt in these human cell tests, and it seems to have worked every time. Mm. Uh, and now they're planning to use it to develop a medication. The antibody drugs, according to this uh, professor... At a Taiwanese at the Taiwanese Chungong University uh, are safer than I guess conventional medications. Also, they have fewer fewer side effects in general because they're made using antibodies that are in your body anyway. The, the body naturally produces these things. They're not so they're not external mm. or from some other source. The team is planning this month to meet with manufacturers, and they're going to conduct further trials of the medicine before going into mass production. And if all goes well, the medicine that they're hoping to make should be on the market, actually, by the end of the year, which is, okay. I mean, frustrating because we want to cure now, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's better than nothing. Um, right. And uh, the team behind the project, so far we've only mentioned people from Chungong University, but uh, and the Chungong Memorial Hospital was also involved. But there's also researchers from Academia Sinica, Taiwan's, uh, you know, top research top, institute, right. as well as the Institute of Preventative Medicine at our National Defense Medical Center. And the UK counterparts who are involved are at Oxford University. So wow. I am wishing them the best of luck because we certainly do need a cure and fast. Yeah. I mean, we all, you know, I think even our health minister was saying that until 
until we get a vaccine of some sort, or medication. We're not gonna, yeah, or medication of some sort. Um, we're not gonna like get, um, you know, uh, ban all the, um, what is it, all the. We open our borders, things. basically. Yeah, yeah, and you know things like that, and even like. I know the Philippines, um, the president is saying that until they get a vaccine, they're not going to open all the schools for the kids, you yeah. know, and it's going to be all online. But then some of their kids are not that well off. They don't have computers great, at home. Or and great internet access. Yeah, either. internet access and all that kind of stuff. So, but this, yeah, this really is an issue, but of course we can't rush it. And um, we're yeah. thankful for all these people, you know, doing experiments and trying as fast as they can to come with vaccine or medication. But uh, I'm sure they're getting very little rest these yeah, days. Yeah, I know. So I uh, wish them all the best and especially health to them. Uh, yeah. Yes, especially health to them. Yeah. When working with viruses, that's definitely something you want to have. <laughs> right. To balance out that fortunate news is a bit of a rather unfortunate news, depending on how you look at it. Apparently, the number of young people smoking in Taiwan has risen for the first time in a decade last year. Uh, oh. So this is 2019 we're talking about. Okay. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the popularity of e-cigarettes, which have risen by half, according to a report from our health ministry that was released on May 28th. So according to their survey uh, in, in 2019, last year, around 81,000 young people were smoking traditional cigarettes, while 57,000 were vaping. They started vaping. And mm. the survey found that uh, junior high school or middle school students uh, with a smoking habit had gone Middle up. school students? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Back in 2018, they were 2.8% of them were smoking. Now, it's not a tremendous increase, but still up uh, to 3% last year. And the proportion of high school students was up from 8% to 8.4%. And again, flavored cigarettes and vaping were a lot of, were, you know, contributed, I think, for a lot of this growth because four out of every 10 of the young smokers were smoking flavored cigarettes. And the study found that especially these were popular with, with young women. And uh, the main motivator that got people smoking was a curiosity, actually. Seeing mm -hmm. other people smoke or parents smoking was a, a big factor. So mm -hmm. that's that not even necessarily peer pressure, which mm -hmm. is what I think we often think of. They just see other people doing it and think, oh, well. And the other one was a desire to relieve pressure. Uh, but the vaping, again, that's the big thing. Its popularity with young people grew from 2.7% back in 2018 to 4.2% last year. Again, not a tremendous number, under 5%, but still more than doubled mm. at easily. And uh, male senior high school students are the category that are most likely to use these e-cigarettes. Uh, the health ministry, the health promotion administration, which is part of our health ministry, notes that manufacturers have tried to sort of get around public concern about health risks by changing their advertising and offering a variety of flavors, which is very... Seems cute oh. and friendly, right? Um, but, yeah, but you think, is that any better? <laughs> but smoking is still linked to six of the main causes of death in Taiwan and indirectly Yikes. to four other of, uh, four further of the main. So I guess that may be like our top 10, maybe? Mm. Um, according to officials at our Health Promotion Administration, e-cigarettes are actually illegal here. I did not know that because I've definitely seen people vaping everywhere. Yeah. It's not as prevalent as it is in the States. When I go back, I often see uh, oh, it's much more noticeable. Popular. But there's a vape shop like near where I am. Same here. A new shop, you know, that came up and it was like a vaping shop too. Again, it's not as, as like, they're not everywhere, but no. uh, you do see them. But you do, and yeah. And like, uh, it's seen as a stepping stone that could leave, lead students and young people to a lifelong smoking habit, apparently.
currently. So oh. uh, I don't know. See that you know maybe the reason why there's an increase in you know young people vaping is because they think it's. Yeah, and also it's not as harmful to your health. I think it's probably about equal. In fact, I'm right? not sure. I think that's that what I. A lot yeah. of what goes into it's probably not as quite as heavily regulated. Oh. So, um, you know, it's funny, but um, but really, the, just the other day, I saw some a woman vaping outside uh, a clothes shop that I bet she works for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had this funny feeling. It's just um, not that I smoke. But you know how, you know, um, in movies or whatever, you dangle these cigarettes in your hand and That's, it just looks kind of cool. No, but now well, with the vapor. I think <laughs> I think what you're thinking of is like Audrey Hepburn. Like they have a very long, <laughs> long cigarette with a cigarette holder. Like, oh, I'm it, so classy. Yeah, it really does look cool, you know, classy. And but it, you, can but only pull, you can only pull that off if you have like a fancy like shawl or... <laughs> Not necessary. I mean, you could be a or some you know, white white gloves. You need yeah. white gloves for that look. That's not unless you're a Hollywood starlet from the 1930s. I'm not sure, 40s. I'm not sure how oh, you're. I that doesn't know. quite work. Yeah. So anyway, can you imagine like Hollywood movies now showing people they're vaping not instead to, of I don't think. cigarettes? I think there are. Well, I mean, there are about, scenes in there where I think they're just so common. It can. I think it invo- the ratings sort of the age appropriate ratings are oh but i guess you still see in asian movies i think yeah but uh less so than you used to i think i remember there was something about controversy about one of the toy story movies one of the one of the toy green army men was smoking and that was an issue some years back oh really yeah oh i've i think i've seen all uh, all episodes of toy story they're so great but anyway (laughs) yeah well you know it's funny um talking about smoking my son my because he's into acting Mm -hmm. My husband actually said, "Hey, let me um show you how to smoke." Does because, your husband smoke? Well, he used to when he okay. was young, but not a lot. Not like you know a pack a day or the, anything like that. But he's because he's thinking that you know you're into acting. There will be a time when you're gonna have to do a smoking scene, you know, in your acting. Uh. So yeah, <laughs> and now he just only occasionally, you know, he's when he's under stress. He said, I smoked today. <laughs> oh. But uh, that's, I mean, but anyway. it's everybody's personal decision, I guess. My biggest yeah. problem, my biggest problem is when they do it like in your face. Like there's people when, when uh, we line up to take out our trash, for mm-hmm. instance, every week, there's someone, and you're not allowed to do this actually, but people do it anyway. Like yeah. smoking underneath sort of the overhang. Right. And right. it's like, uh, especially on windy days, it's like, <laughs> so I, I feel like. When we uh, come secondhand smoke. Yeah, I don't care for that. Yeah. Or like Victims, in, in yeah. public place, like indoors, which you're not, again, not supposed to do, but it happens from time to time. Yeah, I'm very sensitive. If I smell, you know, someone smoking I mean, and I didn't even see the person. want to do outside. Someone smoking, yeah. Whatever you want to do outside away from me, uh, <laughs> whatever, yeah. but anyway. Exactly. All right, Shirley, you've got a really fun story. This one come, we're gonna, comes over to us from China. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, a lot of things, I think, are still shut down. Uh, it's hit people, who, like, for instance, these private kindergarten teachers especially hard because yes. the kindergartens aren't open. So how do you make a living then? I know, really. This happened in Shanxi in China. So in the northwest? And, uh-huh. I don't even know my geography. Thanks for you <laughs> making a note there. Anyway, um, so the teachers, you know, kind of like crack, racking their brain to think like, what can they do? Because um, that's their breadwinner, you know, just right. working as teachers. So what they, what one particular private uh, kindergarten did was that, well, you know, it's got 
all the chairs and even like these bowls and chopsticks and right because the kids um, eat lunch and in the and, school uh, well yeah. just lunch real breakfast I think sometimes too is I also think mostly served, lunch yeah but mostly lunch right so they figured they've got everything so why not like open up as a, like a restaurant and so there were open up a restaurant in the school yeah <laughs> is that allowed though I don't know it's not their property well, it's private. You know, but school, I guess the they owners. can do anything as long as the owner says yes, or okay. I, guess, I suppose. So um, 23 teachers on the first night, uh, they had 15 um, orders, uh, mm. actually tables. Wow. Of, um, of uh, yeah, people who wanted to try out their restaurant. How would you want to? I mean, is it a special type of food or? I don't know. What's the attraction? Yeah, it's amazing. Let's eat at these because they're usually at these private kindergartens. Uh, they're mm -hmm. like these squat tables for kids and kid-sized chairs. Like, hey, I, that can I, be fun. I can't see the appeal of that. Oh, like, that let's can go. Be fun. Why don't we all wear diapers while we're at it? Like. <laughs> You well, know, or like a not bib. That, not that extreme. But the thing is, um, you know, I think you know, there are some um, night night market places where they actually you'd be sitting in like these squat They're chairs. They're not that. But yeah. these are like really squat chairs. They're, <laughs> those are at least adult size, roughly. Because we're talking about kindergarten yeah. kids, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, these 23 teachers, they were just busy around, you know, cooking and everything. And um, they made some money out of that first night. Then for other nights after that, they would have reservations for like 20 tables at a time. The, is there, are there no other restaurants <laughs> open? Is it the food special? Do they say what they serve? No, it doesn't say. Are these but suddenly like... calling it the Senye Shitang, which is... The, uh, it's a TV That's a Japanese show. TV show. Yeah, it's a t Japanese TV or is show. Is it a TV show or is it a movie? I, I think it's a TV... It's like a, uh, a drama series. Senye you know, It's like a late night restaurant. Late night, yeah. So I've seen I've seen cartoon... the name that's the attraction. I've seen cartoon parodies of it, but the name... Yeah. I think it's a name attraction. And, you know, with uh, probably a lot of places still closed. I, hmm. So I guess, you know, they, it's but there's I, an attraction I think there. I did hear you say that there were some performances, though. Yes. And then so maybe they, that's part of what the, the attraction is. Probably. And then there was, um, they, they also did some kind of performance on the side as the people dying. The entertainment their, factor. You know, makeshift uh, restaurant here. Maybe it's people with like a real kindergarten nostalgia. Right. I barely remember that period of my life. So. I think, you know, some people would. Yeah. And think about it. You know, most places have been closed for like five months now for, you know, since the COVID-19 right. outbreak started. So there's another kindergarten. Now, I'm not sure if this is government run or private, most likely private, I would say. They started selling these hot buns. Is this in the same province? buns. Um, it does not say, but it has the name of the kindergarten. I'm not sure if it's the same place. Okay. I would assume it's also in Shanxi. And so they started selling these, um, you know, meat buns. And they the were, like, are, making money. The teachers are making... So maybe they, they're going to, like, quit their teaching vocation and go yeah, into meat much. bun manufacture. That seems to be what's making money these days. I know. And so, like, the title of this story was saying that basically they're just... Bring out all the skills that they have. Anything to turn a profit. Put into use. They're singing you know, and dancing and cooking and making know, and grilling or even like some of like selling um, these um, like um, what do you call it? Um, shish kebabs. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so called. They should go into night marketing. Although I guess they have to pay rent for a stall if they did yeah. that. So you but have a, a you have these cl empty classrooms. Exactly. The owners, Why not? The owner, for whatever reason, seems to be okay with it. Um, <laughs> why? Why not? <laughs> Anything to turn a profit and uh, make a living, I guess. Make a I wonder living. how many months they've gone without a paycheck over there. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, I'm not sure. Do, do you think they're getting a bailout? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, not to worry though, because basically the classes are still ongoing oh. online. Oh. 
So well, that seems like to be besides, yeah. But isn't I mean, is it like do they learn something, or is it like basically a daycare center? I'm not are there sure. educational aims to this kindergarten? kindergarten? Yeah. Because I feel like some of them are kind of just glorified daycare centers. Is it one of those like ones where they're like, oh, teach bilingually or something like that? Probably, because I know for some kindergartens in Taiwan, you actually start learning the bobomofa, the phonetics, right. starting from kindergarten. Okay, so know? maybe they do have some lessons to teach. I right. Just, I can't imagine a bunch of five-year-olds sitting and paying attention <laughs> online. They have a hard enough time in person, you know? They'll have their parents uh, by them, kind of like, you know, yeah. make them sit still for the class. All right. Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Stay tuned for more Shirley on Jukebox Republic, coming up next. Welcome to Jubos Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I want to talk about how I stayed for the first time in a real house in Taiwan. It's a, a three-story house on Yummy Mountain, not far from Taipei City. And uh, it was kind of hard to find because it was inside a resort area called Tianlai, which houses a five-star hotel, but also a couple of standing houses, individually standing houses. And they're all like three-story houses. Uh, Thirteen of us went on this two-day, one-night weekend getaway. Uh, we made this reservation months ago, and we really hesitated about whether to go during this pandemic. But then we thought, hey, once in a lifetime, we made a reservation in such a great place, it would be a pity to give up on it. So we went in three cars. It was really a very nice big house. And that's the name of the song, Da Fang Zi. Big
So this house that we stayed at, it really had everything that the song said, like big windows and, you know, big rooms and a garden. So it was a big house. Anyway, the owner of the place must have bought the house and then rented out on weekends. The most it can house is 22 people. And anyway, we had 13. Um, the, the, the housekeeper said that uh, she was there to open the house and then showed us around. Uh, there's a big living room on the first floor as you walk in, and it had a fireplace in one corner. A fake one, I'm sure. It's just, I guess, for decoration purposes because you don't use fireplaces in Taiwan. You don't need it. To the right side of the living room, there was a long table, and beyond that, a glass sliding door, which leads to the outside and takes you to the back side of the house. And then beyond the living room, there was a dining area with a round dining table and chairs. And the other side of that was another sliding uh, door, glass side sliding door, to the porch where there's a wooden table with chairs and then a big barbecue grill. You know, the fancy American-style one with big steel cover? Yep, it had that. And uh, and the porch had these stairs uh, leading to the garden in the back. The kitchen was just beautiful. It's white and had these big windows overlooking the sink, or rather the sink, uh, by the sink. And it look, and you can look over to, into the uh, neighbor's yard. And, um, you know, I think cooking and washing dishes in that kitchen would just be a joy every day, you know. And um, it I don't think it came with a dishwasher, but there was a stove, uh, a big oven, and maybe a microwave. I didn't know because I wasn't, I'm not quite sure because the only thing I really helped with was washing dishes most of the time. Um, the kitchen came with all sorts of pots and pans and eating utensils. Anyway, so that's the first floor. Then on the third, uh, second and the third floor, there were bedrooms. The, uh, there were three bedrooms on the second floor with its own living room area. And then there was a third floor with one big bedroom and one smaller bedroom. The big one had like several double-sized um, mattresses on the floor. So it's very, very spacious. And it even had a split level for another double-sized bed. The house has a slanted roof, so the third floor rooms have slanted ceilings. It just seemed really cozy. Oh, how can I forget? Um, on the first floor, it came with a hot spring bathroom, which meant that it, you know, you can um, soak in hot spring water, you know, by opening up the taps. So some of the friends and their kids soaked in the hot spring uh, bathroom tub, but um, I didn't, neither did my husband. Anyway, all in all, the house was just really nice. You know, it was just, what luxury. It was so relaxing to get away from the city and to stay in such a great, great place. So I have a song. It's called Fang um, Song. Let's Relax. Sing 
是好来菜的家，想要走出一个界线，去感受世界遐尼开阔，遐尼的我。So after we settled in, the leader of the group started us off playing a game called. 黑夜来临 which I think has a very different name in English. It's called Mafia. Well, I hate these kind of games. First of all, let me explain.、Um, basically, the people will be divided into two groups: one informed minority, and the other one is uninformed majority. Now, a set of cards was used at the start of the game. A couple of cards are assigned as the killer cards. So, if you get that card, you're a killer, and the rest are average people. The game has two alternating phases: first, a night roll. Like you know, it becomes nighttime, pretend, and then during which those with night killing powers will tell the host of the game who they killed. Now this is negotiated and done silently, okay? And then after they decide and killed someone or you know a couple of people, then 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 it's daytime. You know, the host of the game would say, "Oh, now it's daytime," in which the surviving players debate the identities of the,、uh, each player or every player. You know, it, you know, we make the rounds, and then vote to eliminate a killer. Okay, so they would everybody goes around and say 
who they think they are or who they think are the killers, and then um, and and try to be convincing, and then vote to eliminate the killer. Um, the game continues until you know one group achieves its own win condition. So for the average people, this usually means eliminating all the killers. Okay, I hate these kind of games, especially when I'm new at it. And I,、uh, I just, I guess, I just don't like to look stupid, and I don't like to feign things because you know you have to,、um, you know, let's say you're the killer, you have to be persuasive enough to say that you're not the killer, and that kind of thing. And I'm so bad at that. And、um, so anyway, the first round of cards went around, and I actually picked a killer card. My heart skipped a beat. I'm telling you. And I was like, going, "Oh no!" Inside my mind, I started panicking. And then the leader said, "Wait, wait, wait! We have to do it over because they messed up the cards." I was going to, "Phew!" So we actually went around and played two rounds, and I was never the killer. But、um, anyway, I was just like so glad that I wasn't a killer because I just hate these kind of games. Anyway, I found a song called "Tai Dian" that means just, I mean, like almost, like. I was almost a killer, or I, I I was almost it, or something like that. Anyway, 差一点 
雨天，潮起潮落，全都值得好好的体会。有哭有笑，有怨有缺，才叫做人生。Of the grill, I brought some chicken from home, and someone else brought sausages. It was a good thing I brought salt and pepper because I wasn't sure if there was any condiments there. There was hardly any, by the way. And then, so my husband John and I were responsible for grilling. It just turned out that way because we took up the, you know, took up the what do you call it, the the, the tongs and started you know grilling.、Um, but because I grilled on foil, well, what happened was that.、Um, Someone else that stayed there before us, they、um, you know they used the grill too, and but the thing is that the、uh, the housekeeper she was so embarrassed. She said that I haven't had time to clean the grill, so、um, we said it's okay. So we said we're just going to grill our stuff on foil. But I guess that was、uh, a wrong move, because then、um, all the chicken skin came off, which I guess is just as well less cholesterol and less fat. Anyway, we had a good time.、Um, the rest we ordered like delivery of these Chinese dishes from a restaurant nearby. The food was all right, but it really is the atmosphere and the chatting afterwards that really mattered, right? Anyway, the next morning we made good use of the kitchen. A couple of our female friends made very healthy breakfast sets for everyone. Anyway, all in all, it was just so nice and cozy staying in such a big house. We wouldn't have wanted to leave, but we had to check out at noon, just like any other hotels. Well, that's it for Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and here's a song telling you just how happy I felt. It's called "How Happy," so happy, by Lai Huiru. Thank、you. 
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. 